Don't get it twisted. This is not some, you know, Republican versus Democrat, Democrat versus Republican show. This is really talking about the numbers of it and how the tax code works and how he uses it and how we could do the same thing. You just clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode number 32. Today's question, how does Donald Trump not pay any taxes? MPS. MPS. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show was designed to change just that. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 32. We talk about the Trump, the Donald. How in the heck does somebody who is supposedly worth millions upon millions of dollars not pay any federal income taxes? We're going to dig in that today, and it's going to be a good one. I think you're going to learn a lot. It's going to be an enlightening uh, conversation for some of you, and uh, it's going to be fun. So if this is your first time tuning in, I want to say welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I don't know how you found me, but I do appreciate you being here. You could be listening to absolutely anything, and I really do not take that for granted. So I'm going to try to be really useful, as I always try to be when it comes to this. We talk about money here, and we talk about money as it relates and applies to you in your life and how you can use it to your benefit, how you can educate yourself, how you can get through all the the jargon and all through the nonsense that we've been taught by big banks and broke people. So you can take your money and do the things that you want to do with it without all the stress, without all the the headaches, the heartaches and everything else in between, especially when it comes to people trying to take your money. So uh, we started the show basically, you know, because me and my wife, we enjoy a fairly decent lifestyle. We don't argue about money and money is not an issue for us in our house. Now, we don't make a lot of money. I am a firefighter in the city of Houston. My wife, she's the CHO of our home. That is the chief home officer. Uh, she doesn't work outside of the house is basically what that means. We have a few kids. We own our own, a couple of cars, and we wanted to talk about money because we feel like it's a taboo conversation, uh, and it shouldn't be, especially if it's something that's so important as money. It's crazy that we don't talk about it or we're not taught about it in school. So we decided to start this. And we're also uh, alongside of this podcast. We also have our website. That is yourmoneyright.com. You can go check that out. That's yourmoneyright.com. If you want to find out more about what we do, how we do it, get on the emails list. Consider becoming one of the misfits. It's a free membership. In the, in the back of that membership site, you'll have some courses and we're adding videos and emails and all types of things that help you get through the miseducation when it comes to your finances. So, uh, again, I appreciate you being here and I don't know how you found me, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And if you if you learn anything, feel free to share it out. Tell your friends about it. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And speaking of. 
we're going to get on to it, and I'm going to read the review. And this one was from a good friend of mine, actually, uh, uh, Dr. Keys White. She actually did not leave this in the podcast interview, but she left this on our Facebook page. You can also find us at Get Your Money Right on Facebook. Um, it says, uh, peep the podcast today, loved it. My new series for driving to and from work. And that's Dr. Keys White. So look, this podcast is doctor approved, right? So that's a real life doctor right there approving this podcast. So, you know, you're in the right place. This is good for your health because the doctor approves of it. Right? So again, if you would like to leave us a review, we really appreciate that. That helps us get the exposure. You could do that by going to yourmoneyright.com forward slash review, or you can just simply search the podcast, get your money right. Uh, in your favorite podcast player, hit the search button and you'll see usually see a review tab and you're going to leave a review right then and there. So we would really, really, really appreciate it if you could do that. And also, if this is your first time or your second time or third time, and you have not subscribed yet. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. You could do it right there in your podcast player. Or if you want to subscribe by email, you can do that every week. I send out an email with the show notes or any bonuses and PDFs and downloads that we may have on the show. And also any announcements or any insider tips and tricks and things like that that I want to share with the misfits. I also do that if you're on the email list. But make sure you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss another one. Now, the next segment is the quotes. I love quotes. So. I'll do this real quick, but the reason why I love quotes is because quotes can give you so much wisdom and they're little nuggets you can carry around with you that helps you navigate life, right? It helps you uh, get through those tough spots and really can uh, are quick references to go to when you when you kind of need a little bit of wisdom. And today's quote is from Rev Run. I saw this uh, a few years ago, actually, and uh, it made so much sense to me. And I don't really know if he originated it. I just heard it from him. Um, but the quote goes like this. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad, <laughs> right? So I'll read that again. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. And I really like that because a lot of times uh, we've been growing up, especially here, that knowledge is power. And it's really good to have knowledge, right? But you can have a bunch of knowledge and still be confused. You can have a bunch of information and still not do the right things. One of the reasons why we started this podcast, because there's a lot of information out there about money. Everybody has ideas from banks to broke people. Everybody has ideas. Right. And you can have a whole bunch of knowledge about the stock market. You can have a whole bunch of knowledge about insurance companies. You can have a whole bunch of knowledge about all types of things when it comes to finances. But if you can't apply the wisdom behind it so that it applies to your life, that you can use it to your advantage, what you end up doing is just spinning your wheels. Another thing that people do is they go to Google and you can Google search till your eyes fall out and try to figure out how to do this money thing. Right. And I did that. I've tried. I, I've tried like everything. Right. <laughs> and but I though I have all the knowledge, it took the wisdom to apply the knowledge properly for me to get out of my situation. Right. So that's how you this is why you always see people who are like really smart, really, really smart people that don't seem to be where you would think they would be just yet in life. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, it's not always their own circumstances, but a lot of times, though, they have all this knowledge, they may not necessarily have the wisdom or guidance to get through and get them to where they want to get to. So that's why I really love that quote. I think about it all the time. It, it comes with me. And it's something that when I heard it, I was like, man, that's profound because it's simple. And it really allows us to kind of get away from falling in love with knowledge 
and really taking this knowledge so we can use it, using the wisdom that we know that we have that we can obtain to use this knowledge to our best ability. So with that being said, that is the quote of the day. Let's get on to what you really came here to listen to. And that is how in the heck does Trump, who's worth all these millions of dollars, maybe billions and sometimes in some points in his life, pay no federal income taxes. So if you've been living under a rock and you've not been following on with American politics, Donald Trump is the Republican nominee uh, for president of the United States of America. Now, Donald Trump, if you don't know about his history, he is known as a businessman. He made his, his, his money in commercial real estate. Um, some people said he did it uh, legit. And some people said he was a tyrant. Um, well, he's a tyrant, but um, <laughs> he is, he is a bit of a tyrant and he's a scary guy, especially if you think about him running for president. Now, this is not a, you know, I'm not trying to sway anybody to, to vote for Hillary or anything like that because she's, she's a gangster too. So don't get it twisted. This is not some, you know, Republican versus Democrat, Democrat versus Republican show. This is really talking about the numbers of it and how the tax code works and how he uses it and how we could do the same thing. So, but anyway, Donald Trump is running for president. He's made his bunch of money in uh, commercial real estate. And one of the things that presidential candidates always do is they always release their tax uh, returns, right? So the public can see what type of income they have, if they've been paying taxes, have they been avoiding taxes, things like that. And to me, it's really silly, right? So everybody, we don't really gain a whole lot. It's from really from what we think we gain from seeing people's tax returns, right? So uh, when Mitt Romney was running a few years ago, he was also a Republican. He wasn't paying very much in taxes and everybody jumped on him because he wasn't paying. Uh, he didn't seem like he was paying a lot in taxes or he was only paying a 15 percent tax rate because he was getting his money from capital gains and not necessarily earned income. Which we'll talk about. We'll tackle that here in a second. And so everybody feels like it's unpatriotic that these people who are running for president are not paying that much in taxes. They're not paying the same percentage wise as, let's say, somebody else who doesn't make as much money, who doesn't make millions of dollars a year, um, is is paying, right? So that's one of the reasons why everybody always wants to see uh, the presidential candidate's tax, re tax returns. But Donald Trump has not been releasing his tax returns. He says it's because of an audit. He's under an audit, and that's why he hasn't released them. But they've also talked to the auditors, and they said there's no absolutely no reason why he cannot leave his or give his tax returns just because he's under an audit and even if he doesn't want to leave his recent tax returns he can do the ones the year before or the years before that but anyway what the new york times has done is they've gone back and they stole some of his tax returns or copies of his tax returns back from 1995 and in that we see that he didn't really pay any taxes right um he actually took a loss of 900 million dollars and one of the big things about that was because the way the tax law is is written, he's able to spread those losses out over, I think they said something like 18 years, meaning that he could, you know, $50 million a year in tax write-offs for about 18 years off of that one uh, loss that he had back in 1995. So that has everybody up in, war, up in arms about, you know, this whole tax and tax loopholes and stuff like that. So today I want to tackle that, tackle what 
taxes are right and what's the tax code all about i'm really going to simplify this so you it, it takes confusion out of and you really learn to understand exactly how the tax code works now we're gonna, not going to talk about calculations i'm not going to pull out a calculator we're not going to break down every little line item that's on his taxes but i want to give you some information that'll help you understand it um so maybe when moving forward as you are pursuing your own goals and dreams of maybe building wealth and lowering your tax bill which you should be doing uh, that you have a basic understanding uh, and, and an understanding that's based in wisdom, not necessarily just knowledge. Right. So we don't want to put the tomato in a fruit salad. And that's what we're going to talk about. So now, um, is it patriotic or is it not patriotic for you to pay your taxes? And that's a philosophical argument um, that we're not going to dig that deep into. But let's just understand what the tax code is. So if you're not familiar uh, in the United States, when you earn money or if you make money, the government only runs through the taxes, right? Through taxes it creates and the money it borrows uh, from the Federal Reserve, which is not actually federal, but I'm not going to get into that now. So the government collects taxes from the citizens of the country, right? Um, and it also um, that's where it gets its revenues. And that's how the government is able to run. Right. And the government doesn't actually produce anything. It doesn't really make anything. It's not it's not actually um, it's not actually very productive in the sense that it produces things that increases the economy. Now, some people will argue and say that the government is 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 really important to the economy because the government is the, one of the bigger spenders in the economy. But understand this, the government gets its money from its people, right? So the government doesn't just spend just because it can, right? It spends a lot of times because it needs to, right? So to keep the economy afloat, but that money it gets comes from the people. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It comes from me and you. It comes out of our pockets, right? And if it doesn't come directly out of our pockets beforehand, it comes out of our pockets sometime in the future because the government will borrow money from the Federal Reserve or other countries in the in the in the way of bonds. That's where, you know, you buy a government bond. That's how the government raises its money. Well, it will uh, borrow money and then we have to pay that back sometime in the future. So remember this, the government doesn't just have money. It gets money from us who produce and we work and we do things. And then it gets money from the Federal Reserve or it gives money from other banks or the countries by borrowing monies, by selling it bonds. And then we have to pay that money back sometime in the future. So that's really important that you understand that, right? The money comes from us. Now, in order to collect that money, um, the, the government created the IRS. Now, the IRS, the Eternal Revenue Service or something like that. The IRS goes out and they make sure that everybody is paying what they are legally obligated to pay in taxes. Right. And they will go and get it. If you are legally obli obligated to pay taxes, they will come and get that money one way or the other. Ask Wesley Snipes about this. Ask Chris Tucker. <laughs> right. Ask these folks. The government, the IRS is going to come and get their money because they got guns and they got the power and they're going to come get their money. So this is not about tax evasion. Right. So if you try to evade taxes, they will get you. All right. Because that, that's just what they do. Right. Now, a lot of people are upset at Donald Trump. And what they're doing is they're trying to equate him not paying any federal tax income taxes to him evading taxes. He's not evading taxes because that would be illegal. 
What he is doing, though, is using the tax code to pay as little taxes as possible. Now, we're only talking about federal income taxes. We're not talking about state taxes. We're not talking about any city taxes. We're not talking about luxury taxes. We're not talking about sales taxes. We're not talking about his municipal taxes. We're not talking about all those taxes that he needs to consume and, and do everything else. We're only talking about federal income taxes because that's what everybody's upset about. But if you read the headlines and you read the hoopla, it makes you think that he doesn't contribute to society at all, that he just takes away from society. Now, uh, he wastes my time every time I hear him talk. So <laughs> there may be some waste there. But uh, when it comes to his income and his money, uh, he's not as as a waste as we may think. And let me explain. If you look at what the tax code is, right, the tax code is all it is, is a big book of incentives, right? The government has a base amount that it wants to tax, right? We talk about our marginal tax rates. We talk about our different tax brackets, and we'll get into that another time. So we won't dig into the numbers of that, right? But the government says how it wants to collect taxes. Now, the other thousands of pages in tax that's in a tax code, most of the tax code is really just an incentive plan to get you to figure out how you can lower your tax burden, right? And I'll prove it to you. If you are married or just being an individual, the government will give you tax exemptions, right? They'll give you certain amounts that you don't, certain amount of money that you don't have to pay taxes on, right? And then beyond that, they give you more tax breaks and deductions based on things that they want you to do. For example, they want you to own a home. This is why we get a mortgage uh, interest rate tax deduction, right? Because most of us, in order to buy a house, are going to have to borrow the money, if you wanted any reasonable amount of time, right? Unless you don't, unless you want to wait until you know you're 40 or whatever it is, 50, 60, 80 years old to save up all that money and buy it cash, they want to give you an incentive to have a mortgage, right? So they so you can buy a house. There's a couple of reasons for that. If you are going into debt, you are adding to the economy because our money is debt, right? And if you are buying houses, you're also adding to the economy because every time you buy a house or you live in a house, there's expenses at a house. And that house, you owning that house uh, builds uh, wealth for the country. It builds wealth to the banks. It builds wealth for the realtors. It builds wealth for the, the plumbers and, the, and the, uh, the, the local governments, the property taxes, all this other stuff. You owning a house benefits a lot of people. So it's not just your mortgage that uh, the mortgage company itself that benefits, but the entire country benefits when you own a house. So the government wants you to own a house. Right. Um, look back in when they we were doing uh, during the recession, they were giving you they would give you money to come uh, bring. They called it uh, cash for clunkers or something like that. But anyway, they would give you money if you would bring your car in and trade it in. You would get a tax credit right off your deal. I think it was like. 3000 or 4000 I can't remember exactly the number, but they'd give you a few thousand dollars for you to turn trade in your old car to get a new car. Why did they want you to do that? Well, they wanted to stimulate the economy to get people to spend. So uh, the government wants you, when they want you to do something, they will give you a tax incentive to do it. Another example is when the home buyer's credit, right? Uh, a few years ago, uh, they will give you $8,000 tax credit if you were to buy your home within those few years. Um, why did they want you to do that? Well, they wanted more people to buy houses. So that's how the government works. When they want you to do something, when they want to incentivize you to do something, 
they will incentivize you with tax credits or tax deductions or, or, or the rules in the tax code to get you to do something. Uh, for example, uh, another example, solar panels, right? So if you have solar panels on your house, you get tax deductions from that or you get even rebates and all that type of stuff. Why does the government want you to have solar panels? Well, it helps us have a, a, a cleaner, greener uh, country, right? We'll have, we will pollute less. Uh, we can produce energy cheaper, things like that. Uh, the college college credit, right? So if you borrowed money for college or if you had to pay money for your first four years of tuition, they give you a tax credit because you went to college. Why do they want you to go to college? Well, if you can go to college, you can be more educated. If you go to college and you borrow money, well, borrowing money, um, I, talked, I talked about this a few episodes ago. Remember that student loan debt is the government's number one uh, asset on their balance sheet. Right. So they want you to borrow money. They want you to go to college. They want you to go to university. That's why nobody's really doing anything about the cost of school, because right now, you know, us borrowing money, me included, because I got student loans. We still paying off. They live in the back bedroom with us. Um, it costs us money. But anyway, so when we borrow money, it's good for the government. Right. Because it's it goes into their asset asset sheet, their balance sheet as one of their biggest assets. Uh, when you donate, when you donate goods, when you donate money, you get tax breaks for it. Why? Because you're helping the government um, with its charitable efforts. Right. So the government can't give to everybody. They can't take care of everybody. But if everybody can chip in and take care of other people by giving your money to these nonprofits or donating money to the needy or clothes and food and stuff like that. By doing that, you can write those things off on your taxes and the government wants you to do that now. How does this translate to what Trump's doing? So remember I said Trump is in the commercial real estate game. And the government wants you to be in the commercial real estate game. They want you to be in the real estate game in general. That's why real estate is one of the the, uh, bigger, most popular, maybe even one of the best investment vehicles out there. Because the government uh, will give you so many tax breaks. Uh, for having rental real estate, for example. Why? Because when you own real estate, you're providing housing for people. The government cannot provide housing for everybody. Now, it tries to provide housing for the lowest of the low uh, income-wise, right? The people that need it the most, but it can't provide housing for everybody. So it wants to incentivize you to go out, invest your money in purchasing a home or an apartment complex or whatnot, and then provide housing to somebody in exchange uh, for tax deductions, and that person will also, of course, pay you rent. You also get tax deductions because, uh, let's say, your the house that you own, this rental property that you own, is depreciating. It's getting older. It's aging. You got to replace these things. So, as your house depreciates, the government gives you more and more tax advantages to help you keep it up uh, to, uh, you know, good living conditions and stuff like that. Now, this doesn't mean that. It's a solid and it's a perfect plan because there are some landlords out there who do take these depreciation, these tax deductions, and they don't keep their houses and they don't keep their properties up. We all know some slumlords and things like that. There are people who take advantage of the tax code. But understand the tax code is nothing more than an incentive program to get you to do the things the government wants you to do. Right now. Understand this. There's a lot of people that are upset that the rich don't, quote unquote, pay their fair share of taxes. Well, 
depending on how you look at it, some of that is true, some of that is not. I'm not here to debate whether or not the rich pay their fair share of taxes. Um, but what I will say is that the rich, and let's say the top, you know, 1%, right? So if you earn, and that's really not that much, I think it's only about 400, maybe $500,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of income earners in this country, right? So that's not a whole lot. But anyway, those top 1%, they own some crazy number, like 80% of all the wealth in, in this country, um, and they pay majority of the taxes, right, as far as the, 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 whole, the whole nut that we all pay. Uh, but there is some there are, there is a huge wealth gap there. Right. We do know that we talk. We've talked before about wealth gaps, especially between and we've I've shared some articles on our Facebook page about the wealth gap between uh, black Americans and white Americans and things like that. But just between those of us, regardless of black, white, yellow, green, purple dot, purple, purple to polka dot, there is a large wealth gap between the haves and have nots. Right. And there's those of us that are in between, which are the middle class and people consider middle class, I believe, is anything under three hundred thousand dollars and above, I think, what, 50,000 or something like that. Now, the middle class is taxed the most. Right. As far as a percentage of what you bring in. And here's why. Because you have to understand that there are three types of income. Generally, there is earned income. There is really there's really only two. There's earned income and unearned income, as I like to call it. But there's earned income that you get from wages. Right. So if you are a wage earner, you are taxed higher than anybody else. Why? Because you're only limited. You can't really deduct as much as you want to deduct because there's not a whole lot to deduct there. Right. Um, You only thing that you do as a wage earner is in the eyes of the government, I'm not trying to diminish a wage earner. I'm a W-2 person myself, right? But I'm also on the other side, and we'll talk about that as well. But as a wage earner, what you do is you go to work, you provide your services to that one employer, um, and that employer in general provides its services, its business to all of its customers, but you are basically providing your service to that one employer. You're helping that employer provide services to his other customers, Right. Um, but you're not taking on any risk, right? You're not creating jobs by you being an employer, by you being a W-2 person. So the tax cuts and the tax benefits goes all to your employer. Why is that the case? Because your employer is doing the things that the government wants it to do. And that is create jobs, right? The government wants jobs. Why does the government want jobs? Because the more jobs that we can create, the more income tax that they can get. Right. If you look at it as a W-2, as an employee, your taxes come out before you ever see your dollar. Right. But as an employer, it's the other way around. Right. So as a business owner, as a corporation, as as an LLC, as a corporation, corporations don't get taxed the same way we do. Right. So I'll give you an example. As an employee, we get we go to work. We get paid, we get taxed before we actually get paid, right? So we get taxed, we get paid, and we get we spend what's left. As a corporation, it's the opposite, right? They bring their money in, they spend as much as they can, and then they get taxed on what's left, right? So it's a different deal, right? We go to work, we get taxed, we get our money, we spend what's left. Corporations, they earn their money, spend as much as they can, 
and they get taxed on what's left. And some may say, you know, it's not fair that as an employee, really, you know, the employees are the backbone of the economy, right? That we do most of the spending, that it's not fair that they do it that way. Well, they understand for the most part that it's going to be harder to get tax money out of my pocket than would it be to get it out of a corporation's pocket, right? Because the the corporation has a greater incentive to keep going, to keep themselves, keep their doors open and not just to close overnight. You know, somebody like me, I may have the money all spent already. And I don't really, if I spend all the money, but I owe the government money, they may not be able to get that money back out of me. Right. But a business or a corporation, they usually have assets. They usually have greater incentives. So they'll let them hold on to that money. And the other incentive, other reason why they want to do that is because businesses or corporations will want to use that money to create more money. And in order for them to create more money, they got to serve more customers. Usually how they need to uh, to serve more customers, they'll need more employees. So basically they are adding to the greater use of the economy, which is create jobs that makes the government looks good, look good. Right. So if a president comes in and the president says, Hey, we created, you know, so many jobs over this time period, the president can take credit for all that job creation. Now, uh, the, the president himself or herself doesn't actually create the jobs, right. But they can create the environment to um, help or incentivize more job creation. But while I'm on this, the while the goal of the government is to create more jobs, I want to say this, and, and I don't want to confuse anybody, but I do want to say this, that the goal of an economy is not to create jobs, right? Because I can create a job and that job not produce anything. The goal of the economy and the goal of your own self and your own personal economy is to be productive, right? To create productive jobs, to produce things. I can hire somebody to come dig a hole in my yard, right? So I can pay somebody to come dig a hole in my yard and that created a job, right? I can also hire another person to take that dirt that they just dug out of that hole and put that dirt back into that hole. I created two jobs, but I produced nothing. I didn't create anything. I didn't do anything. All I did was take dirt out of one hole and that's one job and hire somebody else to put the dirt back in the hole, but nothing was created. Nothing was produced. There was no benefit gained. So job creation in itself, though it may be the government's goal because it makes them look good and they can use these stats to for politics and stuff like that. But for me and you, the goal is not to just have a job. It's to be productive. So I just kind of wanted to say that on a side note. So so back to the different types of incomes. Really, I really... For the sake of this, we'll say there's three types of income, right? There's earned income. That's what we, me and you earn. We, it's our W-2. It's the things that basically anything that you work for and you get paid for, that's typically earned income, right? That's the W-2 money. That's the 401k money. That's that's money that you put in your savings account. All those things are, are taxed at an ordinary rate, right? These are your tax brackets. Uh, and then there's your capital gains. These are the... Anytime you buy something low and then you sell it at a higher price, that difference in the gain uh, is your capital gain. And those things are taxed at lower percentages than ordinary or earned income. So even though you earned the income with your your own sweat and tears, it's taxed the most than if you were to like buy something low and you sell it high, you get taxed a little bit less. 
right? And then there's that passive income people call it or portfolio income. That's uh, kind of a pseudo third type of income. But let's explore those these real quick. So capital gains, this is what people got mad about with Mitt Romney because he was uh, getting paid off his capital gains, right? So he has all these investments and these investments were throwing off these capital gains. So they weren't actually, he was not actually getting a paycheck, right? He wasn't getting a W-2 so he's not taxed like me and you, right? So when people are saying that they're going to tax the rich, you got to understand this, that the rich, for the most part, don't get paychecks, right? They don't get these, they don't fill out W-2s. And if they do, they're very small amounts. They usually, they usually take a salary. And if they do take a salary, the salary is as little as possible. So they can pay as little as taxes as possible. Why? Because they don't want to pay the most taxes on that income. So instead of taking, let's say, if they make $200,000, right? Maybe they want to take $100,000 of that in a W-2 or in a paycheck form, but the other $100,000 in tax in some type of tax beneficial way, like uh, in capital gains or in dividends or uh, in stock options, or they'll try to defer their income, things like that. If you look at what your 401k is, it's a def- deferred income plan, really. Um, so you're not actually saving any money on taxes. You're just deferring your taxes to a later date. Right. So. Don't ever think that the money that you're putting in your 401k is tax free. Now, the money that's in it, it grows tax free. Right. It can compound tax free. There's no taxes on the gains while it's in there. You only pay them when it's time to pull it all out. So that's the biggest benefit. But mind you that the wealthy people have these same options to defer their income. So instead of taking their income today, they can take their income later on. So they don't doesn't. And what they can do by how that that benefits them is instead of taking all that income today, they can take this income, they can defer, they can put it into other investments and accelerate their productivity. Right or their investments that will give them more income. Uh, we talked about this before that to weigh the wealth is to purchase assets that'll throw off you more income. The, the, the whole point of investing is to create income. Uh, and when you can create income from your investments, from your cash flow, these are the most tax favorable ways to have income because your assets are are assets. They're producing for the economy and they're producing for the country and the government wants you to have assets that are producing, right? And one of the ways you know if your asset is producing or not is if it's making any money. We are in a capitalistic society, right? So regardless of how you feel about capitalism uh, in America and really around the country, if you don't understand that game, if you don't understand these, these incentives, then you get left behind. You get stuck trying to work your entire life for W-2 money. And you wonder why you can't seem to get ahead. I have a lot of friends who are high paid professionals and they're starting to realize this because we're in our 30s. So, you know, you're really starting to kind of get into into where you're making really good money and starting to realize that, man, you know, I'm making 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 and I'm getting taxed like crazy. Right. But there's nothing they can do about it. If they are a W-2 employee, there's not a whole lot of incentive for them Uh, There's not a whole lot of options they have to really reduce their tax burden. Now, they can get creative. 
and things like that. They can start their own corporations and they can, uh, you know, work for that corporation and take their income and dividends and things like that. There's some advanced things you can do. Now, I'm not a tax attorney, um, so don't take this as tax advice or anything like that. Um, but I do know of ways that you could do that. One of the ways that we uh, lower our tax burden in our house is we have a business. We have this side business. We have this podcast. We help uh, couples uh, with their money uh, kind of sit down and figure out where it's going. We're doing courses and things like that. So we are pursuing a profit or even if it was a nonprofit, which, you know, we're not really making any profit right now, but so it could be considered a nonprofit. Um, but because we have this business, there are things that I get to uh, write off that the average or the person who just has a W-2 does not get to write off. I have this office in my home. I get to write these these things off my computer, this microphone that I'm talking to you uh, in. If I go meet with somebody, uh, my Internet access, my cell phone, uh, if I take any trips and I'm going there for the purpose of business uh, or if I go do business on a trip, partial parts of my trips are write offs. These are things that I'm able to uh, use to reduce my tax burden. So, again, um, how does this relate to Trump? <laughs> this show is not really about Trump. Right. Trump was just kind of the headline because I know there's a lot of Trump haters out there. Right. Um, but don't we've heard the saying. Right. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. When it comes to paying your taxes, you got to understand the game and it is a game. And if you don't understand the game, you end up being a sucker. Right. I, I can't remember that that saying, but it's something like if you can't recognize the sucker at the table, the sucker is you. Right. So there's a lot of people that are kick and scream and get upset that this man is not paying his quote unquote fair share of taxes or he hadn't paid anything, any taxes in over, I don't know, however many years or whatever it is, but he's using the system. He's using the tax code to benefit him. That same tax code he can use is the same tax code you can use. There is no rich tax code. There is no poor tax code. There is just a state of mind. Now, with that being said, the rich people can't hire people to help them figure this stuff out. But really, we talked about the 80-20 rule. If you can understand uh, the 20% that can get you 80% of the result, you'll do a whole lot better in life in general. You got to understand that taxes are your biggest burden. It's going to be your biggest financial expense for the mo most of us, especially middle-class America. Taxes are your biggest expense. It's not your mortgage. It's not your car note. It's not even your student loans. It's taxes. Taxes will be the thing, if anything, that will keep you down more than anything else. So you need to understand that and then have a plan to kind of combat that. Right. It's not patriotic to pay more in taxes than you need to. Right. If you if you really want to be a patriot, you pay the amount of taxes you're supposed to pay by law. And then you take the rest of that money that you're saving from giving the government and go feed, feed the hungry, clothe the clothe the naked and do good in your community. Maybe start your own business and create jobs. Right. Those are the things that make you patriotic going out and participating in this capitalistic uh, economy that we have and go be, become an entrepreneur, create jobs, create opportunities for other people, not just give your money to the government who really, like I said before, doesn't produce anything. This is not some anti-government rant, but this is just to let you know uh, kind of where I stand and really kind of give you, a, you know, the real talk of what the government does. Now, the government is very beneficial. We have to have it. I'm not one of these people who's like we need to get rid of government or anything like that. Right. But you don't want to give the government more money than it needs, because what it does is it just spends that money. Right. There is no incentive for the government to save money. Right. 
I'm not going to get into that right now because I'm already 40 minutes into this thing. <laughs> right. So hopefully that was hopefully that made sense. Right. Hopefully that makes sense. Understand that the biggest thing I want you to take away is that the tax code is nothing more than an incentive program. Right. It's a bunch of rules to help you reduce the amount of taxes that you must pay. Right. And the reason why it's set up that way is because the government wants you to do things that it cannot do very well. And that is create housing. That is invest in other people, invest in other businesses. That is to discover new things with research and development. That is to start businesses. That is to uh, feed the hungry, clothe the naked through your donations and things like that. They want you to be married. They want you to have families. They want you to have children because more children we have, the more, you know, more people we have and the more people we have, the more people they can educate and the more people they can educate or indoctrinate, the more people they can put into the workforce, the more income taxes they can collect. Right. So that's it. Learn a game, figure out what the government wants you to do and then go do it. If they want you to go and create jobs, go create jobs. Cause let me tell you, there's some tax benefits for doing that. Right. If you can go create jobs, you can keep more of your money. If you can go invest in real estate or create housing for people, you get to keep more of your money. You get to do those things. You get to partner with the government and that's real patriotism, right? That's how you really help your community. You really want to help your community? Go create jobs. You want to help your community? Go buy up the houses and the properties that are down there. You want to help your community? Get into the commercial real estate in your community. And put people in there who you care about in that in that place. You're not helping your community a whole lot begging for jobs. Right? You need a job, right? Everybody's kind of we start there. We start there, but jobs are temporary. For those of us who are ambitious, they're just temporary. They're just stopping. They're just we just need to kind of get here for a second, take it, and go to the next level. Right. Use it. Use it for what what it is. Learn from it. Benefit from it. Do the best you can while you're there. Make sure you make your employer as much profit as possible. Be a great asset to 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 the people that you're working for. But understand that it's a temporary spot. Once you got your job, you kind of maximize what you can get out of that. You got the income you can get out of that. Then you go to the next level. You start your little side business. Start your side hustle. Start learning the game of entrepreneurship. Start understanding these things where it comes to taxes. Right. And investing. Start learning that stuff. Start investing in your education about that stuff. Because. Remember, when you're working for somebody else, they can lay you off at any time for any reason. They can make a bad decision. They can make a gamble. You may not know anything about it. Right. That's risky. A lot of people say, oh, it's risky to start a business. No, it's risky. To be working for somebody else. <laughs> and You don't really know what they're doing. Now, they may have more experience than you in the game, right? They may have more experience as being an entrepreneur, clearly, right? Because you work for them. Or maybe they do. But, you know, it's it's a risk. It's a risk working for one person. All right? And it's a risk working, trading your time for dollars for the rest of your life. I've already told you, you're behind the eight ball because you're going to be taxed higher than anybody else. And there's not a whole lot of ways for you to get up out of that burden. Right? So don't get mad. Don't hate. 
on the rich or Trump. Really don't hate on anybody. Right? That don't that don't benefit you at all. What you do want to do is focus. Focus on being productive. Focus on increasing your own personal cash flow. Right? We talked about what cash flow is and why that's so important. If you focus on cash flow, really if you focus on being helpful and being useful, the cash flow will come. Right? <laughs> but if you focus on that, you do well. You won't have to worry about retirement. Right. If you're doing the things that you want to do, that you can get fulfillment out of, that you love to do, that you were born to do, you'll never want to retire from that. So you don't have to worry about retirement. Right. And if you do it properly and you're setting up, you're buying your assets that are producing cash flow, you really don't have to worry about retirement. You don't have to worry about work for anybody else because your assets are giving you money every month. You don't need a pension. You won't need a 401k. You won't need any of that stuff. Now, I'm not saying pensions are bad or 401ks are bad. I'm just saying that. You won't have to rely on those things. That's the ideal life, at least in my eyes, right? Doing the things that you love to do, doing the things you were meant to do without having to do it for money. Because you've learned the game, you understand money, you've gotten it out of your way, and now you can just focus on you and what you love. And that's the big picture. So with that being said, I haven't gone this long in a while, so I'm going to go ahead and cut this off. Hopefully, that was useful, right? Um, I really wanted to kind of dig at this because I wanted people to understand the tax game, right? It's just an incentive program, and we need to understand that. And we need to understand that taxes are our biggest burden, uh, and that's why we need to understand taxes. I'm going to talk later on about four things that keep us from building wealth. And there's four hidden things that keep us from building wealth, and we'll dig further into it. But taxes is one of those because we don't understand it. We don't understand it because we're afraid of it. Hopefully, I made it a little bit clearer. I made it a little bit easier for you to understand. And there's more than just federal income taxes, right? You got your state. You got your city. Uh, your The taxes you see on your phone bill, the taxes you see on your cable bills. There's taxes upon taxes upon taxes upon taxes. Sales taxes and things like that, there's not a whole lot you do about it. Now, there are some stuff that you could do to write off sales taxes. We'll talk about that later. But there's a lot of those taxes. There's not a whole lot you can do about it unless you vote in your local area or you're involved in actually setting the, 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 tax, uh, the tax planning for your, for your local area. There's not a whole lot of do, to, you could do about it. But the federal government has an incentive program to help you lower your tax burden by doing the things that it cannot do very well, that it wants you to do within reason, right? <laughs> so, again, with that being said, I hope that was useful. If you like what you've heard today, let me know. Uh, shoot me an email if you have any questions over at jamaryourmoneyright.com. Share this out with everybody else. I really appreciate that. We're already at 20,000 downloads. I'm, I'm like so crazy excited about that that we're 20 people have downloaded this ep, this show 20,000 times that is I, I i don't know that's crazy to me um uh, to be honest with you right just this little dude from texas talking about money that people don't really want to talk about anyway and 20,000 downloads so i'm super i'm super grateful for that uh i know there's a lot of people who get a lot more downloads than that but for me that is that's is huge uh, and maybe we'll be laughing about this in another year or two when we're talking about we got 2 million downloads. But that right now, that humbles my heart, and I really appreciate that. So thank you, everybody, who's been downloading and who's been sharing it out. Uh, continue to share it out. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. 
on iTunes, especially because that helps us get our uh, visibility out to where most of our listeners are listening on iTunes. Uh, again, come over to our Facebook page. Give us a like. Um, I'm thinking about maybe starting a Facebook group so we can talk about stuff, right? So we can have a better place. So if you guys think that is a good idea, let me know. Hit me up if you think that would be a good idea. and Maybe we'll consider doing something like that. Um, but again, hopefully this was helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you. I love you. God bless. MPS. MPS. Yes. 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 I said we're talking about money. money.